Well, welcome to week number two of our series, This Is That. And in this series, we're helping you understand some things that you think are this, but they're really that. A few years ago, uh, uh, Kim had an appointment and our daughter was uh, at home yet. And, and so uh, Kim told her, said, hey, I've got an appointment, but dad's going to take you out to dinner. Well, I had a better idea. Dad's you ever had a better idea? You know, just, I just had a better idea. Instead of going out to dinner, I'm going to cook. <laughs> now, let me just tell you the bandwidth of my cooking ability. Toast, <laughs> scrambled eggs, and I thought ham and cheese sandwiches. But what I did when I made that ham and cheese sandwich, you know, if, if you can be cooking it or making what whatever you do, ba- I don't know what you're doing, you're... Got it in the pan. You're doing it, right? And, and if four is going to get it done, you know, on the, set, on the burners, why not a six or a seven? I mean, we can get this done in half the time. I was hungry, right? And so I turned it up. The cheese was actually boiling. And, and Bailey walked over like, Dad, what are you doing? I, she said, it's burnt. I said, no, this, this is going to be great. We're going to eat this. So, so she was, you know, under protest. She ate dinner. Well, then a little later, I was sitting on the couch, and, and, uh, and she was in the kitchen. And, and uh, you know, some of us, we've got those, those senses that when somebody's into some food in the kitchen, y'all know that sense? And it's like, oh, there's something going on in the kitchen. So I heard that. And I said, what are you doing? What do you got there? I said, she said, I got some peanut M&Ms. I said, fantastic. Bring me some. And so I, I just, you know, I was sitting there. I just put my hand back. She poured them into my hand. I did not look or anything. I just went right straight to my mouth, started chewing because I like peanut M&M's. It wasn't peanut M&M's the way I like them. It was coconut-flavored <laughs> peanut M&M's. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't only dislike coconut flavoring. I hate it. I mean, I'm like, you know, trying to, I just, I ate it, but it was like, man, I don't want this. This is, this is terrible. And here's the same thing for some of us here. We think, we think certain things about God are this when they're really that. We think it's the coconut flavoring, but if we really understood it, we would love it because it's the regular peanut M&Ms. Amen. And so in this series, we're going to help us uh, learn some things about some, some different topics that will, uh, I think, unpack some things so that you have a, a great freedom to get towards God and to go to God without any hesitation. And so um, it's, it's important to understand because then we can, we can move closer. Now, the reason we're doing this is because today is day eight of 21 days of prayer. We're in 21 days of prayer and during this time of the year, and, and there's some things you need to understand, and that is praise and worship. There's, there's a time in our prayer gatherings that you're looking at right now, Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m., Saturdays from 9 to 10 a.m., and as, as you come to those, we have times of praise and worship, and, uh, and I want you to understand what the possibilities are as you lean into worship during your time of praying, not just here at service, but anywhere, any day, any time of life that you begin to praise the Lord. And so in this series, we're basically taking topics that have a branding problem. 
That people, we don't understand them. We think there's this, but they're that. And we're re-looking at them and helping us understand them. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit. Gave you some insights there. This week is going to be praise and worship. Next week is going to be healing. The week after that is going to be, some of you heard some, some crazy stuff about prosperity. And we're going to talk about what prosperity is. And then the fifth week, we're going to talk about the church. When we really understand who we are as a church and what God's doing in a church, I think it be, be really begins to change everything about our mindsets related to church. And so uh, today, I want to help us learn from a scripture. It's our series verse that kind of sets this up. So remember, Jesus came, he died on the cross, he rose again, he uh, spent about 40 days with his disciples, and he was making, you know, walking through walls, making appearances to them, they confirmed that, confirming that he was really Jesus, and, and that he was God, raised from the dead, and, and so then, um, then he said to them, well, I'm going to go back to heaven, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to wait right here until the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Father, is sent to you. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, we read this. The Holy Spirit came down, by the way, and when he came, the people were like, what is this? Holy Spirit didn't come in quietly. He made a grand entrance. You know, y'all know people who make grand entrances? Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit did too, and so there was misunderstanding. And so this is what they said. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're trying to take topics and explain it in more depth to you. He said, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. And then the King James translation says this, no this is that which was spoken of by the prophet. We think it's one thing, but it's really something else. We think the Holy Spirit is this way. Some of us last week, we learned that maybe some of us thought the Holy Spirit was weird, but when we really understood the Holy Spirit, he's not weird. Some of us, we think praise and worship is what, what pastors do so that um, it gives time for everybody to get in out of the parking lot and get to church and get their kids checked in because, you know, pastor doesn't want to preach to just a few people. He wants a whole bunch of people in the room. And so we're just going to wait, 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 do a few songs, and then we're going to get to the main thing. And I hope to show you something very different about praise and worship this morning. So let's answer this question. Why do we worship the way we do? Every one of us probably come from different backgrounds, different kind of church settings, different kinds of worship. Why do we do it the way we do? And I'm going to give you several reasons. First of all, because God asked for it. God actually asked for our worship. He made a request. In fact, there's a book in the Bible, the book of Psalms. It's the longest book in the Bible, 150 chapters, and much of it is actually praise and worship to God. The psalmist was writing songs. We sing some of those songs and have over time. And, and so th there's just all this praise and worship. God made it a big part. Why? Why would he do that? Because inside of every one of us is a part of us that is created to worship. We're created to bring honor, to bring glory to someone, right? We're, we're, we're created that way. Uh, listen, all of us worship something or someone. Where's my sports fans? Any sports fans? Come on, I like sports. Come on, what are we? This week, the preseason, the pre I said preseason. Well, the NFL season starts. Texans play their first game Thursday night, come on, right? 
You're all into that. Now, here, here's the thing. Some of you are going to worship and, and, and worship, you worship a team or an athlete. Some of you, you worship social media influencers. Or, you know, somebody's out there and you follow them. And it's a like, man, if I could just be like them. But I want to tell you something. Our God is the most worthy of worship. He's more worthy than anything else that we could worship. In fact, it's actually not um, disingenuous. It's not wrong of God to ask for our worship because he is worthy of our worship. He is our great God. And I hope you'll see that this morning. Listen to what he says in Psalm 150, the last chapter of the book, verse 1. Look at this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Why do we worship? Why, why, we're about to get to it. Why do we worship? Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise Him for His unequaled greatness. There's no one greater than Him. There's no one more powerful. There's no, more, no one more worthy of worship and praise than our God, right? So we've got a lot to praise Him for. Well, how do we worship? How do we let that expression go to God? Look at the next verse. Praise Him with a blast of a ram's horn. Praise Him with a lyre and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clanging cymbals. Now look at this. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Am I taking a deep breath? He wants you to exhale that in praise to Him. If you have breath, He wants your worship. He wants your praise. He wants it poured out to Him. See, if you have breath, you can praise God. You can, you can give it to Him. Now, here's the thing. Some of, some of you are thinking, well, Pastor, I, I don't sing very well. So I'd really rather not sing, sing out loud in a, in a service. I, 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 don't, I don't sing well. Well, it says in this verse to sing praises to Him. It did not sing, say sing praises if you're on pitch. Now, that's a requirement for the worship team, I'm just saying. But for the rest of us, we get a free pass here. It just says to sing praises. God doesn't care if it's on pitch. There's another, another verse that says, you know, we'll make loud noise, right? You know, just, I mean, you might think it's noise. I have an advantage. I'm on the front row. I can go all out. Only people I'm going to mess up is the worship team, but they don't hear me anyway. And so, so we just worship, right? We just, we just let it out. It's not about how good you are at it. It's the fact that you're singing praise to God. Amen. Some of you may wonder, well, how do we select the songs that we select? Well, there's actually a protocol. There's, a, there's praise and there's worship, and, and, and we're trying to follow God's protocol for helping you to encounter experience with God. So what's God doing here? He said, he says, being loud, be expressive. I mean, look at all these instruments he's using. He said, basically, worshiping him ought to be the biggest celebration. As football starts this week, some of you are going to start screaming at your team. You know, because they hear you. That coach can hear you telling him what to do, right? But then they score a touchdown. What do you do? Yeah! Listen, some of us, we bring more worship and praise and glory, make more noise in front of the television or at a sporting event than we do in God's house when we worship Him. And yet God is worthy of our praise. Amen? So we worship him because he asked. And secondly, we praise him because it's our purpose. Praising him is our purpose from being. Our life on earth is to bring glory to him. And out of that, there ought to be an expression of praise to God. It's why we're here. 
See, here's the deal. It's not for our glory that, that we praise him. It's for his. It's for his. He's, he's worthy of it. See, God sees your life. He sees how you're living. He sees when it's tough. He knows what's going on with you today. He knows the thoughts that you may be battling. He knows what you went through before he, you came here today. And yet, your purpose is to praise him, to give him the worship. He wants us to praise him with everything that's in us. All that we have, all that we are. Look at this verse in 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people. Say, that's me. Oh, y'all don't believe it. Say, say that's me. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Is there some areas, some things in your life that were darkness and God's called you out of that? Are there some things that were just in a terrible mess and God's pulled you out of that? Come on, right? So you say, well, pastor, I'm in a place. I got a whole bunch of darkness. I got a whole bunch of mess in my life. Well, I want to tell you, you're still called out of it. And even if you're in the middle of it, you can praise him because he's calling you out of that darkness. He's calling you into a better place. Isn't that right? He wants you to praise him. So we just, we just serve him. We, we worship him with all of our heart. Every service. Just bring it. Bring it during the week when you, when you worship God. Just worship him. Why? Because worship bring, brings God joy. Brings his presence. Think about this. Who do you like to hang around? Do you like to hang around people tell you how bad you are and how worthless you are and Never going to mount any. Or do you, do you like to hang around people who don't say a thing about you? Not even negative. It's just nothing. Or do you like to hang around people who say, you're going to make it. Man, that was awesome. Way to give that effort. That was a great job. You're, 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 you're amazing. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life. That's the kind of people you like to hang around. And God is no different. When we begin to tell him how great he is, how wonderful he is, then his presence comes into our situation. Some of us have some dark things. We have some problems, some circumstances that seem so dark. If you'll just begin to praise him, it's your purpose, even in the middle of it. But because he's called you out of that darkness, you can begin to praise him and you can begin to worship him. His presence will come in the middle. Give you an idea. Give you a thought. Give you a way to come out of that. Amen? Because here's the thing, friends. Church is not all about us. You're going to get something every time you come. I pray for that. I believe for that. I believe God wants to do some things in our life. But it's not about us. When we worship, it's about Him. It's about Him. It's about making that uh, time when we give Him the glory. So we worship not, not just because He asked, not just because it's our purpose. Number three, we worship for who He is. For who He is. Here's what Psalm 145.3 says. Great is the Lord. He is the most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Here's a bonus verse. Psalm 96.4. Great is the Lord. He is the most worthy of praise. Psalm 48.1. How great is the Lord. How deserving of praise. Here's the thing. Even if your day's going badly, whatever day, week, month, year, even if you're having a bad year, you're just like, it's only the middle of the year and I can't wait to get to 2020. I'm so tired. I'm over this year. I'm telling you, you can still worship God for who he is. Here's the thing. Your circumstances may change, but he doesn't. He has made up his mind about you and he's not changing. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's amazing. 
He's incredible. He's the great I am. He's the one that has been through you, with you, through every problem you've been through. He's here with you now. He'll be with you through everything you go through in the future. God is an amazing God. He's worthy of our praise simply for who he is. Because he's that kind of God that in our mess, he wants to be there. Isn't that awesome? What an amazing thing. And then there's another reason that we praise and worship God the way we do. Here's the fourth one, for what he has done. For what he has done. He's done some amazing things. Right before his crucifixion, Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. There's some people that had witnessed what was going on. And they basically broke out into spontaneous worship because they'd seen all his miracles. They'd seen what he'd done. They'd see the, who, he, who he was and what he had done. Here's what it says in Luke 19.37. The whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes. The king in God's name, all, all's well in heaven. Glory in the high places. Now, here they were, worshiping God, praising God, thanking God for Jesus. They were excited. They'd seen, How many of you have seen God do some things in your life? Come on. Yeah. And you're, you're not, he's not done with you. He's going to do some things in your future as well. But there's always some. Always some hanging around. That, I'm not talking about church. I don't think there's anybody here like that. But, but there's always some people that are like these Pharisees. Look at the next verse. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, get your disciples under control. I mean, they're loudly, exuberantly, spontaneously giving you praise. Come on, dial them back a little bit. But he said, if they kept quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. Here's my thought for you today. Let's not let the rocks outpraise us. Let's not let the chairs outpraise us. Let not, let's not let our circumstances get us to be silent. Let's worship him for who he is and for what he has done. Think about it. What's Jesus done for you? Here's the thing. Most of us are better in the moment than we are thinking about what he's done in the past. We think about our problems. We think about what we're facing. But I want to tell you, if you'll go back and you'll just begin to think about what he's done, what he brought you out of, what he delivered you from, what he saved you from. What, listen, some of you think, well, there's nothing much I can think of. Start thinking, thanking him for what he's not let you get into. The messes you haven't been in. The problems you haven't had. I mean, just, just, just look around you. There's all kinds of things going. You've got a lot to praise the Lord for. Because he's right with you no matter where you're at. You've got to understand he's worthy of our praise for, what he, for who he is and for what he's done as well. There's a marine air station in Cherry Point, uh, North Carolina. And when you come up to the ocean there, you're going to go out on the beach. You're not going to hear the waves lapping on the seashore and coming in and, and this quiet thing. What you're going to hear is the sound of jets flying over. It's noisy. It's loud. It's always there, just constant, just all the time. But when you drive up to that base, here's what it says on a sign. Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. It's the sound of freedom. When somebody walks up to this building during praise and worship, we ought, we ought, to, we ought to be able to say and know in ourselves, we ought to say, man, something's going on in there. Well, what is that? It's the sound of freedom. 
You've been set free of some things. He's setting you free as you worship and you praise him. He's going to set you free from some things you're going to face in the future. He is our freedom and he brings freedom to us every day as we praise and we worship him. Amen? Why can, why can we do all that? Because here's the fifth thought. Because worship changes everything. Worship will change your life. You've got to understand that Psalms 18.3 says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my my enemies. Here's the thing, when you're having a rough day, when you're going through hard times, you can begin to praise him. See, God doesn't ask us to praise him just when it's all better, but in the middle of it. Why? Because in the middle of it, it's going to change things. You've got to understand that it's so important. You're going to begin to see God, get this, you're going to begin to see God as bigger. See, whatever you spend a lot of time thinking about is going to get bigger in your mind. You heard of people that make mountains out of molehills? You know, they just make things bigger than they really are. They're just stressing over it, thinking about it. They're into it all the time. Well, here's what worship does. It does the opposite. It makes molehills out of mountains. Because when we begin to praise God, when we begin to say how great He is, when we begin to say how wonderful He is and how awesome He is, all of a sudden God gets bigger. We begin to believe He's more capable in our lives. Because some of us, what we think is that God's going to, He's going to work in somebody else's life, but He won't work in mine. I've got to tell you, when you begin to worship Him, you're going to begin to believe that He can do a work in your life. Sometimes the biggest change we need is between our ears. Just begin to see God is bigger, that we can grab a hold of his, what he's capable of and believe him in this difficult thing that we're going through. So he changes everything. Look at this verse in Ezekiel 46, verse 9. It says, But when the people came in through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, they must leave by the south gateway. And those who entered through the south gateway must leave by the north gateway. Look at this. They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but they must always use the opposite gateway. Here's the thing. I'm not telling you if you came in that entrance, you got to leave out that one, okay? If you came in that one, you got to leave out of that one. But here's what I am telling you. I think the principle in this verse is God is saying, I don't want you to leave the way you came. I want to do work in your life. I want to change you. And listen, it's not just a message. The worship is part of that. God changes everything as we begin to worship worship him with all of our hearts. Amen. I read something recently that I have never heard before, and it just, it really hit me. And that is that physiologically, you cannot be stressed and thankful at the same time. Just think about that. That it is impossible to be thankful and stressed at the same time. So here's the thing. If you say, oh, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, that you're telling yourself, I'm deficient of worship. I'm deficient of thankfulness. I'm deficient of gratefulness. I'm deficient in giving God praise in the middle of my battle. And if I'll just start doing that, he will change everything. Let me, let me help you this morning. This is not just a Sunday morning thing. Every day of the week, he wants your worship. Every day of the week, he wants your praise. He, in the middle of the darkest thing in your life, begin to praise him and watch what God does. By the way, when you do that, stay there until you get the sense that God is greater than your problem. 
And so I just did a song and nothing changed. Well, you got to stay there because some, some of us, me, are thicker headed than others of us. <laughs> just takes a little longer to soak in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so we, so we just got to stay there till we get the breakthrough. Amen. So how do we worship him? What does that look like? Um, we know the why. Well, how, do, how does that worship? Well, the Bible says uh, that worship is supposed to, we're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. Look at this verse in John 4, 23. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. In other words, he's looking to show up. He's looking to, to see you worship him in spirit and truth. And why is that? Because he has a blessing for you. He wants to work in your life. He wants to begin to change things. He wants, what does he want? He wants to release his presence in your situation. You're in the middle of, of turmoil. He wants to give you peace. You, need, you got a place, you need some courage. He wants to give you that. It's going to happen as you worship him in spirit and in truth. See, many times we think, well, I came to church in worship. It's wonderful that you're here, but where you're going to see the miracle happen in you and that he'll change everything is when you begin to worship him personally. When you bring your praise, you bring your worship to him. Amen? When we worship in spirit and truth, it changes things. So when we worship in truth, what does that mean? Well, let me say it this way. When we worship in spirit, it comes out of our heart, not our head. Because see, some of us, when we come into worship service or you play some worship music and start worshiping God at home, and by the way, you don't need music to worship. You can worship all by yourself. But as you begin to do that, the, you worship out of your spirit, not out of your head. Because when we come to it, oftentimes we've got our head full of everything that's wrong. Everything that's a battle. All those thoughts that we're thinking of. So worshiping in spirit is worshiping out of your heart. Let that come out. Then we'll begin to see our, our God is bigger than our problems. Amen? And then uh, what is worshiping in, in, in truth? Well, that's, that's worshiping in a way that's authentic and sincere. It's heartfelt. And it lines up with the word of God. You're doing it according to God's word. So how, what does that look like? You can say, God, I've had a tough week, but I'm here to worship you. God, my thoughts are giving me all kinds of problems today. That was me during this service and worship. I just all of a sudden all kind, all kind of thoughts start coming to me. I just said, God, I worship you. I praise you. I, I, I'm here to give you praise and give you glory. And we just begin to worship because God loves it when we begin to worship him while we're in the middle of the struggle. Amen? So it's just worshiping with an attitude of, God, I know what life looks like for me, but I need you and I give you praise for what you're going to do. Amen? So we worship in spirit and truth. And, and, and so then here, here's the thing. Let me give you some practical things that will really help us lean into worship in a way that's helpful. Here's the first thing. We worship based on choice, not feeling. We've taught you this before, but choices lead, feelings follow. Here's the thing. Sometimes feelings follow a long way behind. Just keep making the right choices. Just keep leaning into those choices. Amen? Um, you know, for some of us, if we worship based on our feelings, we would rarely worship. It just wouldn't be something we would do. Why? Because the enemy will keep us so focused on our problems that we can't see how great God is. What, what, 
if you want to break that cycle with the enemy, you just start praising and you just start worshiping God. And he's going to say, man, I just can't get a thought in edgewise here. Whenever I'm trying to work on them, they just start praising God. Maybe I ought to back off a little bit because they're going to worship me no matter what. Amen? So when we choose to worship him, when it's down, when it's hard, when we make that choice, it just begins to, to change things. Just let the, know, let the devil know he can't stop your praise. He can't stop your worship. You are going to worship him. You heard about the man that one Sunday morning, he, uh, he was in bed and his wife was up getting ready for church. And he, he just told his wife, said, I'm not going today. I'm, I'm not going to go to church today. And uh, he, she said to him, well, why not? She, he said, well, you know, he said, I, I don't feel like it. I, already, I just don't feel like it. He said, they're, not, they're probably not going to play my favorite song. You know, I've requested it from the worship leader like eight times and, and, and never going to happen. He, sa- he said, you know, I don't want to see a lot of people today. And you know, our kids, they're just, oh, just so tired of messing with the kids and getting them to church. He said, I, I'm going to stay in bed. He's just, just having a meltdown. His wife walked back in there and she looked him in the eye and she said, you better get up. You're the pastor. <laughs> Here's the truth. We all have times where we don't feel like worshiping. I have them. You have them. But here's the thing. My greatest struggle on, Saturday, on Sundays is not to worship. My greatest struggle on Sundays is to have a voice after worship. From the very first Sunday of this church, I have been on the front row because I know the value of worship. There's been times I didn't feel like it. There's been times all I could think about was the problems. There's been times I didn't even like the worship that was going on on stage. There's been all kinds of things. But I was on the front row because I made a choice to worship because I know when I worship, God can begin to change things. Not just around me, but in me. Amen? So we got we to make that choice. Look, look at Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 17, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the uh, olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. What a great statement. He said, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. See, when you know where your strength comes from, it's not from a person, it's not even from a place, it's from the Lord. Wherever you're at, you can begin to choose to worship and to praise Him and to let it out, amen, and just to let Him do a work in your life. So here's my challenge. I don't want you just to be in service. I want you to bring your best praise and worship every single service. It's easy to worship based on how our day's gone, whether we like the song, whether we've got other things going on after, after service. But I, I just want you to lean in and say, God, I am here to worship you. Because here's what I know. If you struggle to do it here, in one of the greatest environments you could ever learn to worship, it'll be a difficult thing to do out there. And the devil will keep you silent. He'll keep you from worshiping him and uh, from worshiping God. And he'll, he'll just fill your mind with all the troubles instead of seeing how great God is. Amen? So let's worship based on a choice, not a feeling. Second, worship with everything that I have. 
everything that I have. In the Old Testament, King David wanted to build an altar, a worship place to God on property that somebody else owned. And the man said, well, you're the king. I'm just going to give you this property. Here's what David said in 2 Samuel 24, 24. No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. When you make the choice to worship when you don't feel like, it's costing you something. When you make the choice to worship with everything in you instead of just a part, or just giving a little, a little, uh, little bit of participation, it, it's different. But when you go all in, then God, when you expend the energy, then God can go to work on the inside of you. Here's what Mark 12, 30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Everything we've got. You know, we love athletes who leave it on the field, don't we? And when they give it all on the field, how about us leaving it all on the field for God in our praise and our worship? Just, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to leave it all right here. So we worship God. Well, it's a choice. We worship God with everything we have. And then number three, we worship expecting God to respond. Worship expecting God to respond. What is it? Worship is actually an act of faith. It's saying, God, I believe you're going you're gonna to do some things that need to be done in my life. I, I believe you're going to fix some things. You're going to straighten them out. It's, it's an expectation that God's about to do something great. He's about to change things. And even as you pray, praise him and worship him for the past, you can begin to know that he's going to do something in your future. Here's what James 4, 8 says, come close to God. Maybe some of you this morning are like, man, I just can't even figure out where God's been. I'm just, I'm just not connected to God. Come close to Him. How do you come close? You worship Him. You praise Him. You spend time with Him. Look what happens. God will come close to you. As we close this morning, here's the thing that I want you to take away. Worship is not a prelude to the message. It's not, not so pastor can feel like, well, maybe God's in the place and you get a chance. It's not for all that. Expressive. I want you to underline that word. It's when you sing. It's when you clap, when you lift your hands, when, you, when you're joyful before the Lord. Then that expressive worship, it conveys to God two things. My gratefulness to God. God, I thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. And my expectation in God. God, you're not done yet. You've got more things that you're going to do in my life. I want to see you move in my life. Amen? Let's bow our heads this morning. And my prayer today is that you would find something out of this message that you can grab a hold of to make worship a greater part of your life. Because God wants to meet you in worship. He wants to do a work on the inside of you. When you lay aside everything else, and so maybe this is a good moment for you just to say, God, I need to lay aside some things, some mindsets, uh, even some problems I'm facing, because I, I want to be one that just worships you. I want to be a worshiper that you're looking for. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you know where every one of us are at. And Father, we just decide right now to be the kind of people that put aside all the stuff that we really don't um, need to be thinking about when we have the opportunity to praise and worship you. God, I thank you that you're greater than all those things. I thank you that you're, you're, you're a great God. And so we choose to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, there may be some of you today that you do not have a relationship with Jesus. 
In fact, you're, you're far from God. You, you, you may have had a relationship but just not been close to him recently. And, and I want to just tell you, you can come back. Jesus is looking. He's been drawing you. You're here today because he drew you. I want to ask you to just make a simple decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus, to forgive you of your sins and to make you a new person. So we're going to pray a prayer because Jesus loves you so much that he came and he died on the cross for your sins. So I want to ask you, if you want to get right with God, pray it with those of us who will be praying it along as encouragement to you. And let's say this together. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to make me a new person from the inside out. God, I turn away from my old life and I turn to you. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. And I ask you to save me. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate with those who made that decision today? Come on.